I'm Keith. And I'm John. And this is Flumadiddle. Flumadiddle. You're somewhat reliable source of information for most things. Most things, Keith. Most things. And before we tell you about those things, we're just going to say this. Go support the widows. Oh, yeah. Widows Lake. And if you don't know what that means, then listen to our previous, like, 20 podcasts. Search it on the uh, GoFundMe page. All right. So, Keith, I got a question for you. All right. What do Soviet subs... Swedish prime ministers, Russian presidents, and herring farts have in common? I don't know, John, but I bet that the Flumadiddle podcast is going to let you know what all those things have in common. I bet they are, Keith. So where do you want to start this thing at? This is pretty interesting stuff. Man, let's take it way back, Keith. Way so there's back. this little thing, right? Well, there's this big thing it's called... There's a big thing. There's a big thing called... Uh, I'm going to take it back even one notch further than you think I'm going to take it back. There's a big thing happens called World War II. That was a pretty big thing. The the war to end all wars. Exactly. That's what they said, right? So the U.S. Mm-hmm. and uh, U.K. and the Russians, right? Or the Soviets, rather, not the yeah. Russians. We were all partners and buddies against Nazi Germany. Yeah. But then, Keith, after that, here comes the space race. We got Werner Van yeah, Braun. Buddy. The Russians didn't. So Or the Soviets, rather. I'm sorry. I keep saying Russian. But then a little thing happened after that, Keith, that we know as the... Cold War. The Cold War. Yeah. That's bad stuff, brother. With our our favorite president, Ronald Reagan. Right. Oh, it started. That, that is up for debate, I guess. But I, that's my that's one of my favorite presidents. Okay, I, I like the old Reagan. Yeah. Now, this started with, no, don't get me started. I started listening to podcasts on the <laughs> Iran-Contra scandal today, so that's a whole other Oh, yeah, that's a but, whole other story. But let's take it back, Keith. We're talking like Cold War. We're talking like Eisenhower. Yeah, yeah, it started way before Reagan. Yeah, Reagan's actually one that helped end it. That was way, that was at the far end of the Cold War. So let's take you back to the beginning of the Cold War. When I was a kid, the Cold War was still going on. But I was a young child, though. Exactly, man. So I don't remember, like, a lot about it. But, like, when I study something about the Cold War, then I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, it kind of, like, just rings a bell, you know. Well, we primarily think of it as a U.S., Great Britain versus Soviet Union kind of thing. Yeah. It involved many different aspects. You had the space race. Yeah. All the Sputnik stuff through all the early NASA stuff. You had the Korea you had proxy wars like Korea. Yeah. Vietnam. Yeah. All that stuff was part of the Cold War. That was a little bit hotter part of the Cold War. And one of the major things that had to do with it was the nuclear bomb, right? Oh, the, the atom bomb had been up. dropped and now more than one country has it. Yeah. You know, and so there's this kind of standoff like the the standoff of nuclear countries there. It is, and it's really nobody a battle. Nobody wants to drop of, it again. Nobody you know? wants to. But it's really a battle of ideologies as it well. It is, yeah. Certainly a more Western, mm-hmm. capitalist, democratic form of government versus, versus a communist, a communist yeah, socialist. Uh, kind of thing. And so, right, these tensions are running high. Oh, especially yeah. high up through the 70s. Now, you hit the 80s. We start getting into the Reagan era. Yeah. You got, like, uh, who was it? Yeltsin and, er- you know, Ultimately, Gorbachev. Gorbachev, yeah. And so, you know, you got the Berlin Wall coming down. But this is at the very end of the Cold War. We're going to take it. And if you like this stuff, watch the show The Americans. There's a lot about that in The the Americans. So this is a weird little story, a little kind of a side mark now, a curiosity of the Cold War. Oh, yeah. So let's let's head to the 80s, and we're going to head out of the United States. We're going to head all the way up to, like, uh, northern Europe, man. Okay. So... During the Cold War, though, there was this thing created, right? Okay, I see yeah. where you're going. All right, let's back it up a second. Just back it up one second. 
There's this amazing thing created called the submarine. The submarine, man. Now, we hear about submarines so much now, I think it's lost on people what a submarine actually is, right. how great of a weapon it is. So I'm just going to quote um, from this website, and uh, I'm not going to give them credit because I forgot to look and see what it was. Okay. But this quote was uh, it said, A key instrument of this war has been the submarine. First, the damp, smelly diesel boats left over from World War II, then the revolutionary nuclear machines, perhaps the stealthiest and most lethal weapon ever known to man. The battle has been fought on an exotic terrain that covers two-thirds of the globe and is in many ways as challenging and dangerous as outer space. As the Cold War unfolded, these giant undersea fleets arguably became more powerful than any weapon on land or in the air, able to destroy whole nations while escaping retaliations. If the airplane was the new dominant weapon of World War II, the submarine was the weapon of the Cold War. So, Keith, one thing that's so scary about these submarines, right, Yeah, is that they can move, especially the nuclear subs, that's when it gets real hairy. Yeah. You move deep, deep, deep in the depths, perhaps eluding uh, you know, radar, looting sonar, looting being found and set up within, you don't have to be that close, right? These things could fire ICBMs. Yeah. So you could get off, you know, a couple hundred miles what off the coast of New York with this nuclear submarine that right. could fire an intercontinental ballistic missile. Mis- mystical. mystical. It's a mystical, it's a mystical dude. missile. That's a mystical but missile. But you know, that, that, that is a, that is a huge cities, deal man. because if you're shooting huge. this across the whole world, you got plenty of time to shoot the you thing you got some down. time to look for it. But if it's yeah. coming from a couple hundred miles away out yeah, of the ocean. That's a different story. So this and is scary stuff. They could stay underwater, like theoretically, indefinitely, right? Right. Um, just however much supplies... Um, you can take on the ship to, to support your men. But exactly. I mean, like the modern uh, submarines I know actually can create their own oxygen from the ocean water. That's crazy, man. And so, you know, they can stay underwater indefinitely. It's insane. Yeah. So this is a, just a, uh, an amazing weapon. So in the midst of this already paranoid time weapon, yeah. Scary weapon in this paranoid time. Here we are. Yeah. Sweden. Let's throw them in there. Cause that's where we're headed to Keith. The Swedes, the Swedes, so, imagine this, Keith. Let's skip forward to about 1981, right? All right. All right. So, Sweden's not very far from the Soviet Union. Now we'll call it Russia. They kind of, you know, would be in the middle of this conflict, you know. You got the United States and Great Britain, and if you go, you know, sea-wise toward Russia, you're going to run into Sweden first. So, they're kind of right in the middle of this conflict. Well, there you go. So there was some paranoia there, you know, mm-hmm. having Russia, or I'm sorry, I keep saying Russia, but we're talking about the USSR, yeah, the right. Soviet Socialist Republic, if you will. And so here's something happened. They were, there was some concern that maybe there's some submarines floating around out here. Maybe they're coming near us. And, you know, but it was always kind of this lurking fear that we just don't know. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But then, Keith, in 1981, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, something happened. You 137 I'm Soviet submarine. You're 137. You're 137. Okay. So a Soviet submarine, right, gets stuck on the rocks somehow, not too far from a Swedish naval base. So all those fears have come true. Yeah. So it's, it's just like proven now. You're like, they're oh, there. They're, they're, they are here. But do you know what's interesting, Keith? Did you know that the Swedes actually went out and provided them with supplies and helped them get unstuck? They did. Like they. I guess that they sounds quickly a little bit like gave love a, thine enemy, man. Yeah, it does. 
they quickly gave them a, an excuse on getting lost or something like that, and I guess they believed it, and they went out and helped them, right? Right. But, I mean, think about how scary that is, though. You got this the one probably the greatest weapon that's ever been invented this is just a game-changing weapon something that can wipe out your country in a few seconds submarines don't and mean never get good. caught and you find one on your shore you know like right there on the rocks of close to one of your naval bases so a guy we're going to mention here in a little bit he actually um will we'll save his name for later because he's going to play a big part in what we share later about a, a particular fish okay mr magnus we'll just leave it at that but he, I don't know if they nicknamed this uh, thing Whiskey. Yeah, he said Because he was saying something, whiskey. they called it Whiskey on the whiskey Rocks. Whiskey on the Rocks. Yeah. So I guess the Whiskey, I don't know if that was a terminology for the subs or what. But you know what, Keith? Let me just let's put this to you. Okay. There is no humanitarian purpose for submarines. Mm, I guess not. So you know if a submarine's floating around they out your back door. can't go be like a, a whale's mama or something like that? They could try. Yeah. I don't think they like, do it. Like paint a whale face on it. But follow me, I don't me, think son. it's going to work. No. <laughs> it makes a whale sounds. <laughs> that was pretty good. You like that? Are you Dory? <laughs> I like it. <laughs> All right. That's, so what's that's the quite next? impressive. I didn't All know right. you had that talent, John. <laughs> Thank you, man. So, 19, so what you got next? Uh, 1982, after they found this sub, uh, that started one of the greatest hunts for submarines in, in history. Uh, a one-month hunt. You know, nonstop, they're trying to find, you you know, uh, what do you call it, USSR subs yeah. in their waters. They never did find United any. United Soviet Socialist Republic. Yeah, but they the hunts continued on throughout all of the 80s. They just continued looking for these things. Now, the thing is, is they kept finding signs that they were there. Okay, tell us about that. So, they kept seeing what? Bubbles on top of the water. And they kept hearing... A certain sound. And they actually had a name for those sounds, yes. which is where they specific... Typical sounds. Yeah, it was that's so creative, right? Yeah, exactly. This is your typical sound for a submarine. Let's call it a typical sound. All right. So that's exactly. what they called it. So they rated, like you said, they rated and classified those sounds depending on however it sounded. Whatever the yeah. typical sound was, they rated it. They gave it a threat level, basically. Well, yeah, they had this scale of like how likely it is that there's a USSR sub in their waters. I got you. And so that scale was one through so five. So you got like DEFCON well, if, 1, DEFCON yes, 2. Yes, kind of like that. Well, if they heard the typical sound, that was an automatic number one. I mean, that is, there is most definitely a sub in our waters if okay. we hear this typical sound. You. So it's Even an automatic number it. one. Yeah. So that's how much they associated the sound with the sub. You just knew. You knew if you hear the sound. So Keith, I got a question a for you. Uh, Soviet sub. Yeah. So they've got the typical sound. And they've got the bubbles, mm -hmm. but do they ever see a submarine or ever find a submarine? Not but that one. Just Not that but the one. very first yeah. one that started the scare. Now, they did. Now, there were other things that saw that very likely could have been submarines, like uh, what we call periscopes and stuff like that. Right. People were, had periscope sightings and stuff like that. Yeah, there was always a little, there was always those hints like, Hey, we did see Bigfoot. He was in Alabama last week. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like kind of like the Alabama cryptid. So one thing, though, that's interesting, though, John, is the Cold War ended 1989 to 1991. Depending. Somewhere around there, sure. Yeah, so 89 was uh, when, you know. So when did the, the wall come down? Man? That was 89. That's when uh, 
Reagan's like, go Bischoff, tear it on that wall, you know. Well, he was gone by then. Bush was in by then, right, in 89. Mm. It was 88. He came in at 80. Was it? Yeah. So it had been a little earlier. Or maybe it was a little earlier. I don't know. 89, well, look, obviously, he, officially. Like, here's what we're telling the people. We're, the, we're your somewhat somewhat reliable, reliable source. source of information. But 91 is when the Soviet Union. God's sake, give us a break. I know what happened. 89 is when communism uh Like when the USSR ceased, yeah. itself. Right? I think 91 is when the USSR officially ceased. Or something. I don't know. Anyway, somewhere between 89 and 91, it was the end of the Cold War. Okay. Hey, I got an idea for another podcast, Keith. You want to share it with the people? Uh, Go for it. I want to share. I don't know what you're talking about. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. It's kind of like an anniversary of Chernobyl, and HBO's got that new miniseries. Oh, okay. About Chernobyl. That happened in the 80s, too. Oh, cool. So, it's very uncool. I like anything 80s, man. All right, right on, brother. Well, I mean, I don't like it if it was uncool, but... (laughs) I like to listen to it. No, I know what you're saying, I man. Um, All right, so they never really found anything, right? It's no. just that thing, but they heard the typical sounds. They heard and the they saw the sound. bubbles, Keith. Yeah. So they continued to, to hear the bubbles. Time. Hear the bubbles, bubbles. Hear the sounds. I kind of gave it away there for a second. They, kinda, they continued to hear this typical sound after the Cold War ended into the 90s. So then they're like, wait a minute. Questions okay, start exactly, to ensue. Dude. Right, so yeah. the Cold War's over. Russia's not out to get us, maybe. Or maybe they are. Yeah. I mean, because, you know, I mean, come on, man. Who's so that is the question. The question comes up is, are we literally being invaded by enemy subs constantly, even after this war's supposed to be over? Yeah. Well, I mean, is this possible? Issue? What's going on? So let's get back, man. At some point, I don't know the date, but during that time, it was so bad that... The Swedish Prime Minister, yes. you know, sent Yeltsin. Yeah, it was a at, letter. it was in the early nineties. Okay. Yeah. Well because, no, Gorbachev was there by the nineties. Yeltsin was there in the eighties. Oh, okay. Well yeah, it was sometime. You're right. Okay. <laughs> but there was a letter sent but there was a letter for like, them to say, Hey, uh, get out of our water. And you know what, what it basically doing, said? You know? It's like, dude, you're uncool. Yeah. We're not bothering you. Please right. leave us alone. Yeah, we're Swedish. We just want to play. Call the middle of this crap. Like we just want to have the the Swedish bikini swim team or whatever, and like play soccer and yeah. like be cold. Right. Just let us eat herring and leave us alone. For real. Now I hope we don't have anybody in Sweden listening. Right. Well, actually, I hope we do because we're going to tax Sweden. The Swedish so, would love us. What are you talking about? I mean, the Irish. Hopefully, I think I smooth we're, things you know, over we're not with the Irish. On the Irish. No, we're, we're not. Which, by the way, I've got a green Guinness shirt on. So for our Irish people tonight, we love you. And we hope that Keith... Keith did not mean to offend you in any of our recent podcasts. You can't offend people of your own kind. Well, that's true. I'm ruddy. You're ruddy and of Irish descent. That's right. So uh, I'm I'm Irish Southern. Irish Alabamian. There you go. Right on, brother. So anyway... So here we go, Keith. We're trying to figure this out, right? Let's figure it out. Well, they were trying to figure it out anyway. They were like, what's going on here? So something happened that gave them an indication. Okay. You know what, Keith, Keith, I'm going to apologize to you. Just, okay, apologize to you. So Gorbachev. Now you got to start with, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Keith. Okay, there you go. I, my facts are wrong. All right. Because I'm fact checking as we're checking here. And you know what, Yeltsin was the first president of the Republic of the Russian Republic. So it was early 90s. So dude, that would tell us that he was the secretary general from 85 to 91, so Yeltsin is post-Gorbachev. Dude, I'm jacked up. Y'all, I apologize. That's okay. So this means I was right all along. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah. Well, at least one of us is right. You exactly. got two people here. One of us is exactly, right. Yeah, they're still somewhat We're reliable. We're somewhat so. reliable, y'all. Yeah, we're good. 
and we're humble and we're honest. That's right. We and we just want to share. You know what I'm saying? If yeah. I'm wrong, I want to admit I'm wrong. All right, go ahead. Okay. So, so um, the letter's been sent. Dude, what's up? You're uncool. You're right. still in our waters. We're still seeing bubbles and hearing typical sounds, even though the USSR has disappeared yet, Mr. Yeltsin. So what's going on? So before we get to our main story, they did start to try to figure out other things that could be causing this. And they come across... Oh, I think I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? You the, go cavi- the cavitation effect. All right. All right, we got stuff that's, falling that's, off, man. That's the cavitation effect. That that was it. That was the sound that's that the you're sound looking right for. All right, this that's the sound of the men working on the chain gang. All right. So the so, cavitation effect, what they found is yeah. that basically it is possible that creatures yeah. swimming through water, the sound signature of that creature can appear to be a man made right. kind of thing. So I know what that first thing was, Keith. Can I share that with you? Yeah, go for it. All right. So the sound of a mink, yeah, as in the coat, it had such a particular swimming motion with its whatever feet and flipper, whatever it has on it. Yeah. Isn't a mink kind of like a, um, what's the thing that people get for pets that are horrible like an, that'll eat your face off? It's like an otter or something. Yeah, it's like some kind of otter or something you're like that. Like, you're talking about a ferret. A ferret, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. It's like an otter. It's like a, all right, a water so, ferret. Exactly. So it swims in a certain way, and the signature it creates, I think it said looked like maybe like a four-cycle boat engine. Yeah. So, so it has the same thing, the same sound. Of the cavitation of the effect. Cavi- the cavitation effect sounds like that. Which was the propeller. Exactly. Sound, right? But I guess wherever they were testing this, they knew that there were no boats swimming. Yeah. And they were trying to figure, or no boats. So going. this so was like, actually well, a, a Navy um, investigation. So a Swedish Navy Yeah, thing. Swedish okay. Navy investigation. Gotcha. And they figured it out that this animal was doing that. So I think that kind of set the stage for what's going to happen. So next. they're like, okay, so if so they it's still not have a submarine, this problem of submarines, though, they're like, okay, that's the propeller of boat stuff like that. But we still got a lot of these submarines. Maybe something similar can be happening in this like situation. Like a cavitation effect. Yes. So that's somebody's cavity is making some kind of noise. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and so, perhaps it'll end up being an anal cavity by the time we're done with all this. It might be. Yeah. So. Don't go away. Don't get scared just because yeah. we said anal cavity. S- stay tuned. Stay tuned. Hang in there with us. We will talk about anuses soon enough. Yes, we will. So, what's going on, John? All right. So, this military investigation found the mink thing. So, in 1996, let's just skip forward from that. Here's our dude with our TEDx talk. He said his name was Marcus. His song. name is Magnus, Magnus Wahlberg. Wahlberg. It's Mark's brother. It's Mark and Donnie's oldest brother yeah he's a Swedish scientist yeah and he's a funky rapper too he's, he'll rock your face off yeah he, his, it was, his, his name was uh, Maggie Mag Ma- instead <laughs> of Marky Mark Maggie Mag there you go alright so they were called in by the Swedish Navy to see if they could figure out what the heck was going on why call him in what is he uh, I don't know exactly. He's some kind of scientist, though. He's some, I don't know if he's a marine biologist or what. Yeah, something like that. Something to do with, uh, I thought I saw something like eco- ecologist or something. So like ecosystems, maybe. I got you. Yeah. Well, either way, check it out. You can go on YouTube, and he's got a really a pretty recent, within the last 10 years, uh, yeah, TEDx 2012, talk. yeah. Okay. So a TEDx talk where he talks about discovering this whole situation. Right. Yeah, so it's Keith, pretty good. Here, I guess this is the big reveal right the here. The big reveal. Let's do it. All so. right. So Magnus Wahlberg and his team comes in, and let's. But we'll. This is a story within itself. But let's just tell the people. We finally have decided, right, because of Magnus Wahlberg and his incredible genius, and his team, that Keith, 
are Russian submarines trying to kill the Swedes? No. All right, what's trying to kill the Swedes, Keith? What is it? Fish farts. Fish farts. Yeah. <laughs> so That's the word for the day. Oh, i tell you what the word for the day. What's that? The word for the day is herring. herring. All right, Keith. So what about herring? Okay, so herrings have a very particular biology structure. Yes, they do. So many fish have swim bladders. Yes, they do. But many fish's swim bladders are not connected to another part of their anatomy. Which would be their anus. Their anus. So like not most, my anus, most but fish's anus. swim bladders, they pull oxygen through their gills and it will inflate the bladder and that can cause buoyancy. Not all fish have swim swim bladders. You know, sharks, they rise and fall because just moving through the water like a plane. I got you. Their fins right, adjust and make them go up and down. Yeah. I got you. So, I feel that. But feel other that. fish though they can change their buoyancy with their swim bladder. Well, right. a herring swim bladder just so happens to be connected to their anus. So they swim can bladder connected to the anus. Yeah, so the anus is connected to the water. I didn't study it too deeply. Yeah, I guess I they can continue, They can change their buoyancy with their swim bladder, but they Fish also... Anuses, or would that be ani? Would plural yeah, might plural be ani? Plural of anus may be ani. Ani, okay. Yeah. So it's the plural of Uranus, Urania. So if you have Uran- multiple If you had planets, multiple Uranuses, Uranus. they would be Urania. So, okay. So anyway, they use, though, this as a warning signal. That's what oh, they do. They, I actually read that. They communicate with each yeah. other. Like, <laughs> instead of the... So I guess they probably... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess they probably keep it in most of the time to use their... To buoyancy. adjust their buoyancy. But then if they get scared, then they'll... <laughs> They just let it all out. But the thing is, is, is they, they did experiments with this because they, they brainstormed and they said, I wonder if the herring letting these bubbles out has something to do with it. Because they had heard of the bubble sightings as evidence of the subs, right? Right. And they thought when they heard it for the first time, because really this typical sound, it was uh, classified. No civilian ever heard it. So when they come in, they were hearing it as the first civilian ever to hear this sound. So when I they heard you. it, they said, man, it don't sound nothing like I thought it would. And they they started thinking, could creatures be making this? And they thought of the herring, which is a, you know, a very common fish. Yeah, it's like the fish yeah. of sweetness at cold water. So they thought about that. Fish, and so they went to the supermarket. They bought a herring. They put it underwater. They All right, can I, sit, can I throw something in right there before you get that punchline? Go for it. So if I'm not mistaken, didn't Magnus say in his TEDx talk that he remembered as a kid, maybe, or earlier on, where like swimming and being in the ocean where lots of herring were around, and it was not uncommon to see bubbles Yeah, yeah, yeah. around there. So I think that, yeah. that's one of the things that probably piqued his, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like, herring have bubbles. Made him think of that. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know? Maybe. So they went to the supermarket. They bought a herring. They put it underwater. They squeezed that sucker and listened. Sure enough, they digitally, digit, how do you say, digitally, as in with fingers, not with zeros and ones. Right. They digitally. That's a hard with, word to say. Their, say that word with their digits. With their digits, exactly. Digitally. I have a hard time saying that word. Digitally. 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 Anyway. All right. They. Uh, I digress. Digitally, squeeze this fish, and listened. And sure he enough. It sounded just like it the sounded typical sound. Like the typical sound. Except the frequency was a little bit different, but that could easily be explained by you know having a much smaller aquarium than a big blue ocean. You know. So Keith, let me ask you this: 
Yeah. So one fish farting in the ocean. It I will, mean, if might it, not pick that up. If right? one fish farts in the ocean, do you hear it? I don't know. If a tree falls in the forest and nobody's there exactly. here, does it make a noise? That's the uh, that's the whole point. But fortunately, Keith, I don't think herrings travel individually. Very much not so. They do not. Yes, they they travel in very large schools. So much so they can be like a mile wide or kilometers wide. Yeah, so a whole big school, of, like a kilometer-wide conglomeration of, of fish. They're huge and imagine if they're all farting schools. at the same time. And they do all at the same time when something big enough like a whale or a submarine gets close to them and it scares them. They will all fart at the same time. <laughs> Let it all out. <laughs> you have this imagine... Um, uh, Imagine you have this huge fart all at once. Oh my gosh! Can you imagine? Aren't you glad people don't do that? Like we're in a nervous situation, or we're in a boring meeting somewhere. Like not that we would ever have those, or yeah. Ever. But let's just imagine that, like when one. Imagine if farts were catching and like yawns. Like one person farts and this everybody blows it up, man. Yeah. Well, it's our culture. God, that'd be terrible. It's a. Uh, it's like. It's cliche. You can't do that here. You can't do know. that. You can't fart here. That's but you know, other, some other cultures, I'm not going to name the culture because I've done offended the Irish, but there are other cultures that it's different. I was talking to this doctor, and he was from another culture, and I was sitting there talking seriously to him about you know things that needed to be done with my grandfather and all that, and he just let one rip right there in the hall. And I think in his culture, it's just like not a big deal, you know? Right. So maybe he was just rude as crap. Maybe, but it was just so nonchalant. I just and, and also I've read things about it. So, so Keith, another question for you: Why is this even a big deal? Why, who cares about fish farts? Okay, because maybe you know maybe something did or didn't happen. Maybe disaster was narrowly averted. I mean, you know, who knows? Yeah. So what they were Tensions hearing, were rising, the man. typical sound was definitely this fish farts. But you still got to think, how did they originally associate this with uh, submarines. And so does a fish fart, does this um, massive amount of fish farts, does that sound just like a Soviet submarine? Is that what they're saying? Well, I, I don't know. You tell me. No. Maybe. No, 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 no. See, what happened okay. is when they originally started listening to these submarines, every time the submarine's around, they scare these huge school of fish. And the fish fart. And the fish fart. And so they automatically associated that sound with submarines. And then from that point on, that was a submarine So sound. it's like a Pavlov dog. So, the, so yeah. fish are farting whether submarines are there or not. Yes. But if at any point a fish farted because of a submarine, now, boom, they've got that in their yes. thing. Okay. So it's a Pavlovian kind yeah. of thing, man. So they... Uh, the dog is drooling. Right. The fish is farting. Right. So the submarine never made this noise. They just made fish make this noise. I got you. You get what I'm saying? Bam. So, Keith. Yeah. That's serious business, man. I'm glad they figured that out. I am too, man. So that like, Sweden and Russia didn't have to beat yeah, each other Yeah, you're up. talking about nuclear nations being at high tensions. I mean, think uh, Cuban Missile Crisis. You know, that was a it's big bad deal. news, bro. Yeah, that's, that was scary stuff. That's the 13th. That's the closest we've we ever almost been to had, nuclear annihilation. Yeah, case. we almost had another crisis because of fish farts. Fish farts. Keith, that's an interesting story. They just can't hold it in, man. They get scared and they just let it out. Right on, man. Well, all right, Keith, that's pretty dang interesting. That's it, man. Hey, man, in case y'all didn't know, 
Keith Clay's awesome, and he wants to hear from you, so get in touch with him. <laughs> at doyouflumadiddle.com, doyouflumadiddle at gmail.com. And at doyouflumadiddle.com. No, no, just at doyouflumadiddle. Yeah. Yeah, so check out our Facebook stuff, and who knows, we're, uh, we've been talking about something, man. We're thinking about getting some premium content stuff going here before long. Heck yeah. So be on the lookout for that. We don't have anything set in stone, but we're just... So it'd be like an extra episode. And extra then, episodes, maybe extra videos, yeah. lots of extra shorts, maybe outtakes from our stuff. And just you know, depending on what level you're at as this premium, we might we might be shouting you out whatever business you got. Definitely shouting you out. Maybe shouting out your business if you're yeah. at a certain level, stuff like that. So we're looking into all that because we love some Flumadiddle, and we're glad that you guys seem to like it as well. So right. um, we're having fun. We hope you're having fun with us. So, Keith, that's about all I got. What you got? That's it, man. All right. Fish farts. Fish farts. Grace and peace. Peace out.